Welcome to the SpireCast, a bi-weekly podcast from Spire Workforce Solutions in Atlanta, Georgia. In the previous episode of the SpireCast, Mike and Brian defined what non-competes are and a handful of the things that define their presence in your professional life. However, there are always questions about how to handle one of these agreements and navigating more of their nuance, so Brian came back to actually fill in some of the details. And note, in no way is this podcast or its guests meant to represent legal counsel or advice. Should you be in a position where you would like to seek legal advice on this subject, please seek legal counsel on your own. So, as we have talked about non-competes through this uh, in this episode and in the previous podcast, I think it also makes sense for us to kind of give five or six reasons or things to know about non-competes from the employee's perspective. So we, we touched on it a little bit, but we get these questions a lot, as we mentioned, and I just wanted to bounce off some things that um, I get, we encounter from a recruiting perspective and get your thoughts from a legal perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think number one, um, they ask us, does it vary state by state, geographic location by geographic location? Like, what does that mean to you when someone says that? Um, well, they definitely vary state by state. And even, as I mentioned, I think, in the last one, um, city by city or county by county occasionally. Um, and it is really just reflective of the political environment that that particular state or city's in. I mean, sometimes people are looking out more for the individual employee, and sometimes people are looking out more for the individual employers mm-hmm. and protecting business interests and, you know, not getting into, you know, there's no you know right or wrong there, but that's just the reality of the situation. Yep. And, you know, s- states that are more favorable to employers are going to be, you know, just naturally tougher uh, venues and locations for employees to sort of assert, you know, their, their, their end of the deal against the employer. Um, and you just need to be aware of it and know, kind of know where you're at. And if you want to even look up your, look up your own state on your own, there's tons of information on the internet. Mm. Oftentimes it's, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt because you never know where your source of information is. Fake um, news. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's still a good resource at the end of the day to give you a good idea of what your sort of non-compete environment is and what your bargaining power is from square one. Okay. And I think, would you agree that it's safe to say that Georgia is more employer friendly than the average state? I think yeah, generally it's it's probably more employer friendly. Um, I would say, though, that because Georgia has enacted its recent Restrictive Covenants Act back in 2011, it really, I mean, it, its effort was to clarify every party's rights that are parties to these non-compete. And one of the things it did was that it limited non-compete applicability to only specifically designated types of employees. And so if you're not one of those types of employees, then you don't, you're not, there are no non-competes for you. Like the Jimmy John's, um, I I don't know if the Jimmy John's, uh, folks got out of it because it wasn't applicable mm -hmm. to them for why they worked the way they worked or excuse me, what type of employee they were. But I mean, it happens. I mean, there was a recent case in 29, I mean, this year, um, earlier this year where a backhoe operator, which basically repaired railroad tracks, was subject to a non-compete, or he signed a non-compete, and the court said, well, he's not the type of employee that's contemplated by this statute, so Mm. this non-compete's void, and he can go work for the competitor. Mm. So that's good. So we're evolving a little bit as a Mm -hmm. a state, so, and and as more, I think, uh, cases come up, we'll we'll get more of those um, 
those rulings. So and that makes sense. I think in a nutshell, there are different states have different policies, you know, kind of do your own research, so, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So and other, get your own counsel for your own specific situation always. Right. For sure. It'd be worth it. So the other piece is, um, I always, I, they, I get questions, you know, is this, a, is this a confidentiality agreement? Is this an NDA? Like, what am I, what, what am I signing here? Trade secrets? Not like, so can you just explain briefly the differences between non-competes and, and those, those agreements? Yeah, uh, well, that's the the burden of legalese. I think is that it, it it's specific for when you understand it, but it's very confusing for when you're kind of looking at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a non compete is just as it sounds. You know, it, it restricts you from competing with your employer. Confidentiality agreements, um, not, uh, it, that's a really more about maintaining discretion between you and the employer, or even potential employer. A lot of times. Employers, potential employers, say, "Look, we'll tell you about this job, but you got to sign this non uh, this confidentiality agreement, or this non disclosure agreement, because we're dealing with sensitive company information, and we don't want you, even if you don't get the job, we don't want you, you know, spilling those beans out in the public." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, non solicitation, as we mentioned before, is about customers and clients and even employees. So, your fellow employees, if you go and maybe start a company, and you're maybe not subject to a non compete but you're subject to a non-solicitation of the employees. So then you can't go bring your friends or your coworkers to your new company, your new venture for a specific period of time. So it's sort of, it's all under the umbrella of restrictive covenants, but you know, there's subsets you know, of the restrictive covenants, which include non-competes, non-solicitations, and uh, I yep. think non-disclosure is really a part of it, but. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that does clear it up, I think, for, for most that ask. So, and then in regarding, uh, regarding number three, um, We've been told non-competes are subjectively enforced and the law is always changing, just like there's different states, like you just mentioned before, to t- tip off the call. Um, what can you tell us about how they're enforced and how the law changes? Yeah, again, the, the enforceability of these agreements, because ultimately there are a restraint of trade. They are restraining people from working, from uh, engaging in the economy. So p- the courts are skeptical of that, and they look at it with a bit of disfavor generally speaking, because it's against the public policy of encouraging free markets and free participation in those markets. Um, but at the same time, there are legitimate protectable business interests involved. So again, it depends on where you are. Some courts are more favorable to the employee and to the employees and some are more favorable to, favorable to the employers. And then that's why it's important to understand where you are so you know your bargaining power. Um, but what, what was the other part of that question? No, just, just how the laws change and, and that's it. Oh, so, well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> The law, the they're subjectively enforced through that that sort of prism that I just spoke of, and then they change because they're subject to, you know, different interpretations by the court. So if a high court in your state suddenly says no, we're not we're not in favor of this sort of view, policy view anymore, it changes that way, and that can happen overnight. Then you have the more le- the legislative route too, where the statute, just like I spoke about in Georgia, where the legislators actually just specifically craft a statute and change the law that way. Okay. And that makes sense. So, uh, let, so we let's just say they've signed a non-compete, and, it, and it's pretty broad. But it, let's just, you know, without getting into detail, because every 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 case is different. But they don't think it's enforceable. But they didn't out. They didn't go out and get outside counsel. They just heard that their friend left the company, and they didn't go after her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna wing it. Do I need to tell? Do they need to tell their potential new employer about their current non-compete? I mean, they're under no legal obligation to do so, um, unless, of course, they sign a contract 
with their new employer that states. I mean, that's why it's really important to read these contracts thoroughly and often to have an attorney review them separately for you um, because you, you can be subject to a contractual provision that you do have to um, disclose sorts of p- p- things that are potentially detrimental to the new business relationship. Um, and then also just from a best practices standpoint, you want to you want an employer who wants you as you are. You know, you, you, you want them to hire you understanding what they're hiring. And if you, you're sort of hiding that fact, um, the employer may just cut you loose if, if uh, they get a, a letter from the, the former employer saying, hey, you are, are now tortiously interfering with our business contract, so we're going to come after you, the employer, and the employee. Um, and so, you know, they may cut you loose. Whereas if they go into that situation sort of with eyes open because they because you were up front with them about your non-compete and they looked at it and said, hey, you know, we'll, we'll back you on this, then, um, you know, I think you're in a better spot and you might actually get their support. Yeah, and and that that is that is what I think that where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. So I think what we've learned then is different states have different policies. Non-compete agreements are not the same as confidentiality agreements or non-disclosures and non-solicits and non-solicits. Uh, non-competes are subjectively enforced, and the law can change on a dime. As you mentioned, the high court can get into get into a case, and that could change everything and trickle down. Mm-hmm. Um, we would say that you, you probably should, again, mention your non-compete to potential employers because they are going to be the ones with the pockets and those are going to be the ones where the company typically goes and goes after because they're the ones that actually <laughs> yeah. are, are, are the target. Um, so all that to say, you know, number five is, and this is really kind of just rounding this out, um, but if you haven't already determined this for yourself, just don't blindly sign a non-compete. You know, gone are the days where you can just click through and uh, and hope hope that for the best. So especially in your professional world. So we see this a lot with millennials. They just want the job. They're not worried about the next two or three years. But this should serve as a reference point for everyone getting involved in the corporate world to just go consult an attorney, look at the non compete, read it. I'm guilty of not reading all mine, as you can attest. Um, or even giving me, to, <laughs> me them to read. Well, you know, you learn. So I think, folks, that's the biggest piece here is that we um, we wanted to just put this out there for people that are going into into the corporate world and just be aware that this is this is the reality behind it. And um, the best thing you can do to protect yourself and your potential fu- future employer or your current employer is to just read the non-compete and consult an attorney. The SpireCast is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Spire Workforce Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about Spire, how to work with a company like us, to find the right career path, or if you want to hire more effectively and strategically, visit our website at spireworkforcesolutions.com. Connect with Mike, Matt, and the rest of the team on LinkedIn, or drop us a line at 732-859-7708. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to The Spirecast.